0: You're listening to the Platte River Bard.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Platte River Bard. This is Chris Berger. And
0: I'm Sherry Berger. And today we speak with Jillian Carter, who is a board member and performer at the Angels Theater in Lincoln, a playwright, and editor of the blog, appearing locally. Angels is gearing up for its annual festival called the First Flight Festival, and this is a festival of new plays written by members of the Angels Playwriting Collective. This year, they will be performing at the Leeds Center's Johnny Carson Theater, July 16th through the 19th. The Angels Theater Company fosters local playwrights in their development of new work from inception to production in the First Flight Festival and beyond. This furthers the company's mission to nurture and celebrate theater artists while engaging our community in quality live theater. This sixth annual festival features eight local playwrights, 17 local actors, six local directors, local designers, artists, and more.
1: Welcome. It's good to hear you, and we can see you on Zoom. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's so exciting to be here.
0: We're really excited that you're here. You know, one of the things that I love about the Angels Theater is that you are so um, nurturing to playwrights and gear so much towards playwrights, and you had to choose you had to actually shorten down the plays that you did from last year. You had to shorten them and make it a shorter program this year. Do you want to talk about some of the plays and how you decided to choose those?
1: Absolutely. It was really tough for us to have to do less plays this year, which is just because of venues, even before COVID hit, that was already our plan. But with a smaller venue, we had to have um, less things. Cause last year we did 26 plays this year. We're doing eight. So yeah. big drop. So what we ended up doing was introducing a new submission and selection process this year where we had a selection committee made up of our theater company's founding executive producer, Judy Hart, or executive director, Judy Hart, as well as some other people just kind of in our, I don't know, stratosphere of Lincoln Theater. So actors, directors, theater goers to narrow down from our selection from our submissions to decide on the top and then once they had decided on the top we just had to look at timing how many things could we fit into one night's performance so it was pretty competitive this year
0: i bet yeah yeah it's a lot to read through and and choose so the ones that you chose are um predators by elbert trailer what is that one about
1: is really so cute and fun. It's about a a young man who thinks that the best way to get more serious about his dates and get them really into serious relationships with him is to scare them. And so, <laughs> So he and his best friend put on elaborate pranks to put these young women in situations where they feel afraid so that oh. they will get closer wow. to their new boyfriend. But right, right, there are right. tips and turns, and women are not as stupid as, as those men may think they are. <laughs> of course, so and things do not go as planned.
0: for That's
1: awesome.
0: And the other one that you're doing is called The Observer by Steven
1: Henderson. The Observer is fun. It is Basically an encounter between a man and what may or may not be an alien life form. Ah. (laughs) So so I, I I just I really like that one because the man kind of has to convince the alien as to why human beings are worth studying.
0: Oh, because that's apparently
1: that's not okay. um apparent to aliens. <laughs> okay, so we sort of asked that's we mean, are intelligent life forms, so that's that's also idea. a really fun one.
0: Is it kind of a love story too, or is it just and no, <laughs> more like ET.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely not not a love story. Not a love story. No. Not fall in love no. with the aliens. Less- at the end. No spoilers, but they do not yeah. end up together.
0: Less less Starman, more <laughs> ET. It doesn't look like Jeff Bridges. <laughs> I love that. <Russia. laughs> I love Starman. <laughs> that one sounds like great fun. And Transit of Venus by Robin buckaloo
1: transit of venus is one of our monologues we have three monologues and it's one of the monologues okay. and so after we get through a couple funny ones we take a little bit of a darker turn with this one ah. <laughs> so uh i don't want to give too much away but um, sure. venus um as the goddess and as the planet is just not on the side of the young woman in this monologue <laughs> <And> <laughs> things are not going great for her so okay. oh,
0: and isn't that isn't that opposite of what they so I always thought Venus was associated with women, but not this one. This one is Well anti-woman. Venus it, i think No, just anti
1: her. Right. <laughs> right. I think that There's a lot of different interpretations of Venus because um you know, Venus is the goddess of love, but not everybody's lucky true. in love. So right. true. How much on your side can she be if that's right. But that oh. one is so fun because uh, the playwright, Robin Bucklew, was nice enough to let us use it. We had actually had this monologue in uh, Solo Tales Nails oh. um, previously oh. and really liked it there. It was really well received by the audience. But we had selected originally a different play of Robin's to produce in the festival. And then when COVID hit, that play needed six people on stage and we couldn't uh, okay. find a way to keep them safe and keep them socially mm-hmm. distanced without okay. the blocking looking insane. <laughs> so right. sure. So we had to make the difficult decision to drop that out of our first selections and ask her if we could do something else. And because this was a piece that I was familiar with from having had it in a different production, I said, could we do that one? And she was nice enough to let us switch it out and do this instead. So we really appreciate
0: oh, that. That's great. Like, you're even social distancing the people on stage.
1: Yeah. That's great. Mm. Well, as you much have as we can, we yeah. have we have a few plays where the people in them are actually couples themselves, so they don't need to oh. be distanced. Because oh. if they're going home and sleeping in the same bed, then it, I don't need to. Right, There's no reason to do it,
0: no. it. Works out good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: nice. So if you come and see it, you're like, I thought she said they were socially distancing. Those <laughs> people are probably just together. All uh, well, those people are going home together. So exactly, yeah, so they're good. <laughs> all right, who's the, okay? Wordplay. Wordplay by Paul oh, Burrow. Yes. Word play. Oh my gosh. So Paul Burrow is such a fun playwright. He is a retired astrophysicist. Oh, neat. So, no. as you can imagine, he's a very intelligent man. Yes. <laughs> and, and so, everything he writes has these very. Um, academic type of themes to them. So this one comes out of just playing around with different words and and different ways that people either misuse words and what that would look like if it's just a fun conversation between a husband and wife that revolves around whether uh, they want to talk about columbines or concubines. So... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Excellent.
0: That's awesome. I adore it. And Modern Age of Progress. Judy
1: Ray. The Modern Age of Progress is another one of our monologues, and it deals with how technology plays a part in both keeping us safe and also making us vulnerable. And so I think that's something that we've all been talking about and thinking about for a while, but now especially moving into so many more things being virtual, I think Mm -hmm. more people have to think about that. So so hard to do.
0: Um, Breakfast Tray by Kathy
1: Disney. Breakfast Tray by Kathy Disney is an amazing play. Oh my gosh! Like I can't talk enough about this one. Kathy Disney. Oh wow. This is this is the first play she's ever written, and it's already super oh. good. So oh wow. Oh cool. So I want to hate her, but I can't because she's a great right. person. <laughs> 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 but but no. So it is what I think people forget that theater can be. It is this gorgeous slice of life between two women on stage who are only together because one of them is bringing the breakfast tray to the other one who is a patient in a rehab hospital. Um, so, okay. and, and the kinds of voids that we can fill in each other's lives when, when we're not going to be in each other's lives forever, you know, the kind of void you can fill for someone in right. a 20 minute conversation sure. just by being a decent human being. Mm-hmm really what this play is all about and and I think that we've just gotten away from that we, we want so much for plays to always be about something or about mm-hmm. something bigger and have these huge themes and there are really important themes if you want to dig deeper beyond the surface and go home and think about it for hours which you absolutely can do because this play is written so well but sure. there's just something to be said about just witnessing that nice little moment and being like oh that was lovely <laughs> cool really that's like. so neat and then I see uh, there's a, the last play of act one here is called Jacob's Ladder by someone named Jillian, Jillian Carter. Carter. Who is that? that Oops, you might want to go to the one? bathroom during this one. The are right, not great. Oh. <laughs> I'm really proud of this. This is another monologue. And I I have been working on trying to find the intersection between poetry and dramatic literature. And so hmm. this is one of the things that came out of that. So if you were to look at the script for this, it looks like just a poem on the page. Like it's very, you know what a poem looks like on the page. Right. Yeah. But, but when it's performed, it sounds just like a regular monologue. So it's hmm. kind of interesting, but it is, it's a really personal thing to our family because I have ever since becoming a mom, been obsessed with the idea of losing one of my kids. And just oh, how that would be. Okay. And I think most parents or pet owners yes. or anyone, like just the thought of losing a loved one is is really yes. difficult. And so, good, so I write about it probably more than is healthy because that's how I can get those emotions out without sure. having to be a helicopter parent to all my children. So so that's what this deals with. And it deals with a mom who has lost her son and is trying to come to terms with what that means for her religious faith. Because how do you... Okay how do you keep believing in God when God allows things like this to happen? And Mm -hmm. what does that look like?
0: You've got a good mixture here.
1: We do. And that's, we, we try to.
0: And then your stage reading is going to be the last thing it's dubbed by Bridget Amos. Yes. It's your short full length play.
1: Yes. So Bridget has been working on this for a while. um, And we actually have read it before for angels theater company. We have a program called the new work development series, Mm -hmm where for longer plays, we just kind of get together and have an informal gathering and get them read out loud by actors, but without inviting the public in. So that's kind of our first step
0: mm, Yeah, for long pieces
1: okay. to do that, because we can't read them in our collective. It would just take too long. So that's our first step. So we had read it in there, and everyone in that room was, was just emotionally wrought by it. We thought it was yeah. a really moving piece. And so since we had to take out the the play that I mentioned that was Robin Bucklew's because we couldn't figure out how to do it with social distancing. We ended up putting this one in instead and doing it as a staged reading. Um, and it's just, it's, I don't know what more I could say about it. Cause I don't want to, there's no way to right. describe it without spoiling it for you, right. but right. it's, it's just beautiful and moving. And the writing is amazing. And Bridget Amos actually was a finalist this year for a Newman Woodward prize in playwriting, which is kind of one of the biggest submission-based <laughs> festival prizes that you can do. Yeah. So we're yeah, to yeah, yeah. have her in our Playwriting Collective as one of the founding wow. members of the Playwriting Collective, and for her to let us do her script is, is great. And nice. So,
0: and so I imagine all of these playwrights are going to be able to be there, and are they part
1: of the post-performance discussions that you're having after each one? Yeah, she
0: said you've been having post-performance concessions, yeah.
1: Yeah, so after each performance, we do have a post-performance discussion. Traditionally, they have always been, we'd have as many of the playwrights as were available that night to do the discussions because of our limited seating and our distancing and everything, we are spacing out our playwrights a little bit more. So all of them won't be there for every performance, but we will have as many as as we can logistically. And that's a great chance for the audience to give feedback, both critical and praise and you know what worked what didn't who you identified with it's probably my fir- my favorite part of the festival as a playwright because I mm-hmm. get the chance to find out what connections were made with my script because sometimes mm-hmm. I can write something and it may not end up being performed exactly how I had it in my head but if Someone says, "Well, I identified with that character because of this." Well, then I still did my job. So maybe my rewrite needs to be more that my language was clunky, but but mm, overall, yeah. it's I don't have to scrap the whole thing, you know? Right.
0: And it sounds, I mean, just seems like from all of these, everything is really topical, and everything we're we're dealing with today is is part of this. So. Yeah,
1: and it's weird because you know, obviously, we selected all these before we knew what was going to happen this, you know, right now. And so it's it's interesting how things just turn out that way, you know?
0: Yeah, it really, they really are. And so because of what we're dealing with, you guys have had to really jump through hoops and make things happen. um, In order to, to to make this happen in person.
1: We definitely Um, have. I, I, think, unless there's something that I'm not aware of, I believe that we are the first traditional live theater offering in Lincoln since COVID hit. There are some other theaters who are doing some amazing things, thinking outside the box with, you know, the Lincoln Community Playhouse is doing parking lot plays. And a lot of people are doing a lot of virtual things. But as far as like actually being in the theater, having an audience Mm -hmm. and performing for that audience, I think we're the first ones to do it. And we had to get approval from everyone I mean just starting with the fact that that we had to decide as a theater company whether it was something that we could do or not because this is right something that we do every single summer and mm-hmm. it's really important to us so how important is it you know should we even look at whether we can do it safely or not we had to make that decision mm-hmm. then we had to figure out if we were going to be able to find cast and crew who were comfortable doing it and mm-hmm. once we got those in place we had to get permission to use the lead center from the lead center, from the university, which owns the lead center, from the chancellor right. of the university, from the city, and finally from the county health department. So we are opening on the 16th and yesterday was the 6th and we actually just got our last green light to go ahead. So I just found out yesterday that we actually can do it. Okay, That's that's how much down to the wire we were cutting it at this point. So So you had to jump through a lot of hoops. What are, I mean, that's going to be everybody's first question is how are you handling, um, uh the, the the event what are some of
0: the you know some of the yeah, things that expect. are going to happen Absolutely, yeah, and everyone,
1: everyone should be concerned about that like if people aren't asking those questions then i probably don't want them to come and see this place or these places. <laughs> <laughs> but Fair enough. so so i i feel confident in saying that we have so many policies and restrictions in place i think we are one of the most stringent places at this point or the lead center is outside of an actual hospital so we are requiring audience members to self-certify that they are symptom free but also to wear face masks we have socially distanced all of our seating so that you can be with the group that you are with you know your quarantine group your family whatever but each group has a six foot radius six foot radius of space from another group So if two people come together, their two seats are together. And then it's six feet before you would get another group of
0: somebody else. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, So that's basic. And, and we also like our programs will just be on the seats. So you're not having to get in contact with ushers and things like that. We're not allowing any milling about in the lobby. So when we open the doors, if you come in, you need to go straight into the theater and find your seat. Um, okay. we'll be dismissing by row so that there's not like a traffic jam in the aisles. I mean, all those little things Fair have enough. really been thought about yeah. to keep everyone as safe as possible. As far as our people go, as far as angels theater companies, people go, we will actually be doing temperature checks of all of our people every day when they come in um, and writing those down on a log as well as making sure that they're symptom free. And we will all be wearing masks until and unless we're actively performing on stage. Okay. So, so you will not be masked on stage. We will not okay. be masked. Well, with the exception of during our staged reading, there are a couple actors who will be on stage the whole time because it's a reading, so they don't actually like leave the stage. They just sit down. Right. Um, so if they are not in scenes for quite a bit of time, they'll go ahead and put their masks back on and oh, then take see. them off when they stand up. But okay. other than that, I mean, you know, when we have one person on stage doing a monologue. They will be the only person in that place who does not have a mask on. And we also, our performance space, the end of our performance space is nine feet away from the audience, which is much farther than than normal. And then of course, sanitizing between every performance and and everything. We actually are not um, we're barely using the dressing rooms. Luckily this year, none of our submissions are costume or makeup heavy. Yeah, so nice. so our yeah, people you get away the, with less, yeah. Exactly. So they can just come ready to go and and go out and perform. So we're doing like that virtual so check-ins answer. for them instead of having all 17 of our actors backstage waiting to perform. We can have the first play perform and the actors from, say, the, the third play could just text me and let me know that they're hanging out outside smoking a cigarette or you know, doing whatever it is that they do. Right. And then I can let them know, all right, it's about five minutes till you perform and they can just walk right in and practically walk on stage. Cool. So nice. yeah.
0: So is it going to be kind of open? You're going to have some of the doors open or is it, is it going to be air conditioned or?
1: Um, so it's air conditioned, but the lead, I don't know exactly what all they went through, but I do know that they were looking into their air filtration system and upgrading yeah. that to make sure oh. that the circulated air is, um as high quality as it can be i would imagine that was one of yeah. the things that came up with the certifications one of the questions they were asking was how does that recirculated air work
0: so you're probably going to have breaks then um after each performance and the discussion so there'll, there'll be more breaks as well so you can stagger out those restrooms
1: and all of that. uh well no so we will do the whole first act And then take a break, but okay. And then have a discussion break. So the discussion is only after the, after the full performance, after the second act is the discussion, but we will have what I'm referring to instead of an intermission, we're calling it a seventh inning stretch. because because (laughs) we need people to not think that it is okay to socialize with people outside of their groups or to go to the lobby and try to socialize or, or whatever. Like we, we can't take all these precautions and then it's intermission time and everybody gets up and goes and hugs their neighbor. Like we can't. It feeds the whole purpose. You all just went through so much for no reason. So, so while people of course can get up and go to the restroom or or go outside or what they need to do, we will be just kind of like hanging out, and I'm just going to stand on stage with my mask on because I'm not really performing, so no reason to take it off, and talk to people and say this is what, what I need you to do. I need you to stay in your seats unless you're actively going to the restroom, but let's stretch, let's yeah. hang out. <laughs> so cool. yeah, it's okay. it's going to be a little weird, but we're we're a yeah. close knit community. I think people are going to get a kick out of it.
0: Okay, good. Yeah. it sounds just so interesting, and and. I, I really know that you guys have worked really hard to put all this together. It'll be really yeah, exciting to see it come together.
1: It's nice to see all the thought that that, that has gone into it. Well, and well, it's delete- so weird because I take I, I definitely take. COVID really seriously. And I know a lot of people don't, but I do, you know, I have high risk members of my family. My son Mm -hmm. is actually Mm -hmm. going to go have heart surgery on Friday. And then I have tech Mm -hmm. week starting on Sunday. So, Mm -hmm. so I definitely take it really seriously. And so I hope that that's what people understand is that with all of these policies that we have in place, it is so much safer to come to these performances than it is to go to the grocery store. Like, yeah. We are doing things, more things than are required of us because we really do want all of our people and all of our audience to be safe.
0: Yeah. Cool. Neat. Well, I wish you all the luck. I think it's going to be great. I'm so yes. excited. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. You're just so talented, and I always look forward to any time, any chance I to get yes. to talk to you.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been great. Th- thank you. Thanks.
0: We'll see you again. <laughs>